Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive show in store for you here tonight. I told you to calm down. Some of you wouldn't listen. <laughs> Did you honestly think and believe the negativity swirling around LSU and Brian Kelly in recruiting would last that long? No, the negativity was because LSU was just out doing things in baseball, which teams, for whatever reason, thought they could come into the state. <laughs> Listen, man, your coach knows what he's doing. We talk a little bit about that tonight. We'll touch a little bit <clears throat> about recruiting here tonight. Football and baseball, some news kind of circulating over the last three or four hours is Chris Cortez, a right-handed pitcher from Texas A&M, enters the transfer portal. His new pit, or his pitching coach is now at LSU. A young man that did struggle a season ago had over a seven ERA, but has a ninety-nine mile an hour fastball. I think he could come to LSU and be better. Looks like you might be adding another piece in the portal as Luke Holman is still out there. Hopefully, we'll get some news on that pretty soon, if not here tonight. So, we got a lot of recruiting we need to talk to. But, but, got to go in a little quick rant here. Got to go in a little quick rant. Got to talk about baby Gronk, dog. Got to talk about baby Gronk. I sent Baby, if you don't know who Baby Gronk is, I think he's like a 10 or 11-year-old kid. I had no idea how old this kid is. He's like an internet sensation. He thought he, I guess, for whatever reason, he his dad is like doing obscene things, like 
telling him how to answer questions. They're going on podcasts. His dad's like making him eat brown rice and salmon. Oh, well, he wants to do that. No, he doesn't. You're making him do it. Well, apparently today, baby Gronk committed to LSU, but then your boy was up in his DM saying you need to delete that crap, and then he did, and then all of a sudden they committed to Oklahoma. So dumb. So dumb. We're not spending much time on that, but I am going to reference it as his dad is an idiot. Like, come on, guys. You don't do things to kids, children. You don't mold their minds in a way like that. You don't brag about being in prison in front of them. It's not cool, bro. The kid said he wants, he loves basketball more than football, and you're forcing football down his throat because you said that you like playing Madden? Dog, you're 5'7", big guy. I'm just going to let you know. Just going to let you know. As someone who hasn't been 5'7 since the first grade. Dog, you need your you might need your rear end kicked. Stop messing with your kids. God, dog. Talk a little bit about baby Gronk uh as well. LSU, why I think they're going to get off on a fast start this season in football. So look, Florida State, for me, is the biggest game. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight, but why I think you're going to get off to a fast start and why you can go to Orlando and win that game. And the momentum and the – you kind of need to in, in some sense because of what's happened the last couple of years. We'll touch on that as well. As I mentioned, we'll, uh, we'll recap some baseball. I do want to I, – I think halfway or a little bit more than halfway through the show, I really want to dig into the SEC West. I, I'm going to – Pick a couple teams. I think we're going to go Alabama, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M here tonight. But I want to go into a deeper look of some of LSU's opponents, where I see them on film, some of the additions that they have. So I want to break out three SEC West opponents that LSU faces. Um, So, yeah, I think we'll do a deep dive into that. And as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Blake thoughts, questions, concerns. Fire them inside the Rudy Crew chat. We'll get to as many of them as we can. Paul's up, Martin, already in there. He says, I envy to be someone who is oblivious to the baby Grok drama. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, that's a really good way to put it, Paul. So, uh, Chris H., my buddy, he says, I bet baby Gronk's dad dusts his crawfish. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. He's a duster. It's probably not the only thing that dust wise that he's been around in his life um yeah uh brandon on youtube says please let us get colin simmons him and womack would be fire well i guess technically if he did if colin simmons did commit and signed with lsu you could have harold perkins deshaun womack and colin simmons on the field at the same exact time all three of them. That would be something serious. Something serious. Malio says, I've hit the like button. 68 watching, only 15 likes. Hit that thumbs up, everyone. No doubt. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Molly. No question. Everybody hit the like button. Del says says he smashed that like button. I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, that when you do that, it really helps us with that algorithm. Really, really helps us with that algorithm. Um, Lance Hill says, baby Gronk's dad has daddy issues himself. I'm sure he does. Listen, 
I mean, I'm I'm gonna get to it because look, I, I'm very much of an open book. I sent old boy a DM, okay. I mean, like, and then he comes out. I, I basically, I DM Gronk's dad and said, "Dude, delete that." And then, like, two he, after he saw the DM, he deleted the post. Like, they follow us. They follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Like, you know, like, what are you doing, my guy? Like, come on, dude. Then he said the graphic designer got the wrong team on Baby Gronk's commitment. Stay tuned, and we'll announce shortly. No, what happened was is. Basically, I, look, I, I'll get into it because it's a little deeper. Um, nevertheless, people around LSU were pretty pissed because you got to answer, question, answer questions about stuff like that. You think old heads that don't have Twitter know what's going on with Baby Gronk? They have no idea. So the, the Rudy Pooh deleted it. I, well, I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. But don't be a be a good dad, man. Love your kids. Love your children. Like the way I love producer Zach. Right? Like I the you know, producer Zach yesterday said, Oh, Mr. Blake, I'm gonna be here tomorrow, meaning yesterday. And then my man forgot he had to go to church. I was gonna see how long it took you, producer Zach, to realize that. You said, Oh, I'm gonna be there. No, I was like, man, this this he forgot it's Wednesday. Fourth of July messed my man up. Fourth of July messed my man up. I know. I thought it was Monday too. Uh, Trip Block says, hashtag ask Blake, sorry if you saw my comment last night. I got off early, so I didn't hear if you did. But what is the news, if anything, on Jay's tweet? If, um, I mean, Trib will talk about it, but I think, you know, Luke, Luke Holman is a guy, the the ace from Alabama. I just, look, go subscribe to the message board, man. I have a full write up there, AYSSnetwork.com. You could ha- do a week for a dollar, man. I suggest you do the monthly, the $7 or the annual package, but regardless, I mean, we got a, we got a, uh, a lot of write-ups. Like we talked about the Dean line today. Some things that happened on 7-on-7 with LSU this summer. Uh, Omar Spates standing out. So there's a lot in there. Uh, y'all need to go read it. We'll we'll be doing some player interviews here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, got them lined up. But none bigger than, uh, speaking of player interviews, uh, none bigger than next Tuesday, our guy Kay Beloso stopping by. Our, gay, our guy Kay Beloso said he's stopping by. So talk to Kay today. Pretty good uh with a pretty good length. Um, looking forward to Cade stopping by. He said he listened. He, you know, he, he said he was hitting all those nukes, Zach, because of our debate live on AYS. That's what he told me. That's what he told me. The Cajun Bambino, the Creole Bambino, the Bayou Bambino stops by here next Tuesday. So looking forward uh, to Cade. Looking forward to Cade stopping by next Tuesday. Brandon Reese says, I'm interested to see when Chase Burns makes his decision. So I, I heard something today about Chase Burns. Um, sounds like if he goes to TCU, he loses like a semester and a half worth of credits. Like 17 to 20 credit hours. Uh, that might not make him eligible to go to TCU. If Chase Burns is not eligible to go to private schools like TCU and Vanderbilt because of credit hours, 
Let's see if that if that rumor holds up. I don't listen. I don't know that when it comes to those academic things. Like I, I do not know that. Couple more before we get rolling. Robert Laws has asked Blake, "Have you heard anything about Cruz not wanting to play for the Pirates?" I have. We talked about that. I do not believe that he does, but I don't think they were going to select him anyway. If we're being completely honest, and him and Skeej's agent uh, won't sign for less than full slot value, that is correct. That is the that is the rumor. That is the rumor. But Max Clark is going to go one overall to the Pirates. It's a good move by the Pirates. They've had a track record. Look, they just signed their center fielder, Reynolds, I believe. Uh, Brent Reynolds to, what was it, guys, like five years, $100 million, fully guaranteed. Uh, I don't think they should pass on Paul Skeens. But, look, Steven Strasburg has had injuries that are not the Nationals' fault. Could you imagine Steven Strasburg and Paul Skeens in the same rotation that would be something absolutely serious. All right, a couple more. One more. Marvin Mackey says, Blake Rafino with having all these fast tens, will LSU put them in space with linebackers this season? Maybe he's trying to say tight ends. Um, well, you got – they're all different, okay? They're all different. I think of all of them, Mason Taylor is the more the most balanced of them all, right? Like, I think Kamarian Pimpton is more of a receiver. I think Mark McAway is a very physical kind of guy. But I think that Mason Taylor, you have all three, right? Like, you can bring in Mason Taylor. I mean, yeah, bring in Mac Markway on the end of the line of scrimmage, and that dude's just going to kill people. Kamarian Pimpton, you're probably going to put him out wide at the X or the Z when it comes to – being in the red zone, that guy's a f- fade ball waiting to happen. I-, I don't know if fade ball, would that be Paul's worthy? We have our Paul's advisor, our Paul's manager here. Is fade ball, is that Paul's worthy? Pooh Bear's in the house with us too. Um, No, proceed. Okay, thank you. And then you have Mason Taylor who can kind of do it all. So, I don't think there's no way I see Mason Taylor in the beginning of the season by any stretch of the imagination not being your starting tight end. But we will talk about that. I, I'm really excited because we're going to pick out Alabama, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M here tonight. We'll go around the West. We'll, they, we'll treat this show like a lot like a Monday without Carter here. Um, a lot of times we don't guess it up in the beginning of the week because we have so much we need to talk about. Uh, but we will um, talk about that. Where is Pooh Bear? Well. Here he is. Hello, Pooh. What's up, Blake? How's everybody? <laughs> I don't Hope know. John Bellin says that he wants to know where you are. I'm well, here, here, you, here you are. With your Grambling. How are you going to wear a Grambling shirt when LSU has to play them in week two? Well, I'm representing all the HBCUs out there. Ah. I wear a different shirt all the time at work just to see if people are going to ask me, did you go there? Because they never asked me, did I go to LSU? Do, I do you think that they? Them. Do you think they ask you because you're black? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting canceled uh, just because <laughs> I asked you that question. I, <laughs> I mean, they, they never, you set me never. up. You set me up. I mean, what was I? Was I not supposed to ask that question? So you want to know the question I get when I wear an LSU shirt? Yes. Are you from there? Oh, well, because you're in Alabama, so. Yeah, but yeah. when I wear a Gremlin shirt, I wore a Morehouse shirt last ah. week. And the question was, hmm, did you go there? 
I'm going to leave it alone. I can't, I'm not getting canceled on a Thursday. <laughs> I'm not getting canceled on Thursday, but there's Pooh Bear. He's with us um, as well. They just had their 100th episode, correct? I couldn't go on it because we were having the uh, LSU just couldn't win one game. <laughs> uh, we'll be on there with them. It's football season. We're here. All right. Let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share to all of their social media pages. Share to all of their social media groups. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. Getting close to that 6,000 mark there on YouTube. I guess I should say uh, follow us on threads. I mean, AYS underscore sports. I mean, I guess that's a new thing. Already see Ellen DeGeneres making some very outlandish comments, kind of like Gronk's daddy. Not or baby Gronk's daddy. Nevertheless, nevertheless, follow us there too. If you're watching us on Fubo TV or wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. So how about our good friends over at GM Varnone Sons, our good friends over at betonline.ag. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot to talk about. Baby Gronk, come on down. Why LSU's getting off of a fast start? We got a lot of football talk and some LSU baseball recruiting. We're back. Don't go anywhere. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo & Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you. And then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on back. We're, We're back! back! No, you're not. By the way, by the way, did y'all see this today? Look, I am so tired of... Man, every single year... It's the same exact thing about the University of Texas. Oh, if you don't beat them this year, next year when they go in the SEC, they're going to be an issue. They're going to be a problem. Y'all got to stop with that. Let's call it what the truth is. Historically, and usually because of recruiting, there's two teams, really and truthfully, let's just call it three teams because LSU who obviously continued, won the West two times in the last four years. I mean, LSU is up there. You had three teams that historically run the SEC. Georgia, Alabama, LSU. And Texas, you think 
if you can't win the Big 12, that you're going to come in here and knock off LSU, Alabama, and Georgia in one year with Quinn Ewers? <laughs> what a Rudy Pooh. Y'all got to stop with the Texas hype. It is outlandish. It's not more outlandish than this, though. And that's Baby Gronk's dad. So if you don't know who Baby Gronk is, this is him right here. It's about a 10-year-old kid. If you lo- if you can't see us, if you've listened to his own podcast, this is, we're pulling up tweets from Baby Gronk. Basically, this is a 10-year-old kid with a Twitter. This is his dad running the account. So today he committed to LSU, but then he deleted the account. And then his dad came out and said, well, the graphic design team got it wrong about Baby Gronk's commitment. We're going to stay tuned. We're going to be announcing shortly. You know what's funny, man? You know what's funny? Is I DM Baby Gronk's dad. So I'm not spending a lot of time on this, okay? But it, it bears repeating. Number one, LSU does not condone the behavior of a 10-year-old's dad who fake commits to LSU. He got a picture with Levy Dunn. And can we just be honest about something for very quickly? Levy Dunn is great. She started a foundation today, the Levy Foundation. Fantastic. I hope that she wants us to be a part of helping her in her foundation. Y'all got to get over this Libby Dunn thing for just a minute. Just because a kid or just because you have a picture with Libby Dunn does not mean anything. It's great. It's cool. You got a picture with her. Sounds good. But baby Gronk, the 10-year-old football sensation, this is going overboard. LSU does not condone, nor they have even mentioned to baby Gronk about a anything committing to LSU his dad went on Instagram and YouTube on podcasts saying that well, LSU football people are are walking us around campuses no they are not they didn't even know you were on campus his dad's out there saying that the coaches gave him a tour of the facility when he's asked for pictures he says oh well, I forgot to take them I forgot to take some but you took one with Livy Dunn next to the damn tiger cage Oh, so now you just have that picture. But not of LSU football ops. Come on, dude. In all seriousness, I'm a parent of two. I'm a father of two. I have a four-year-old boy. and about to be in a couple of months in October. A little girl named Jewel that's going to be one. And in no way in human form would I make my 10-year-old eat salmon and brown rice because I play Madden and want him to be in the NFL. Even though the little kid tells me that he he loves basketball and the NBA more than he loves football. Look, dog, you can go and commit to any other school. You can go do any other, all these little crazy things that you want to. Dog, this is Louisiana. All right? 
calm down with your damn foolishness. You can do that out there in L.A. You can do that out there in New York, wherever you want to go, whichever one you said you wanted to choose. This is the deep south, my guy. Okay? People ain't going to play with your ass. Treat your son with some respect. Let him live his life and shut the hell up. Dog, you are literally 5'7". You, the only thing that you have related to anything in the SEC or SEC football is you just so happen to be very close heights with Nick Saban. That's it. That, that's all you got. But I DM baby Gronk's dad today and told him to take down that stupid commitment post. His response was that he didn't have a response for us, but he deleted the tweet and then his son committed to Oklahoma. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. Thank you. Who, Pooh, did you put this or Zach put this? Pooh, Pooh's so right. He says, I've taken pics at every school I've ever visited. <laughs> no doubt. Dad's kid, Ross said, I heard the kid's dad is a weirdo. He is an outright weirdo. Brett says, next week, Saban will be recruiting baby Gronk. Nick Saban ain't ever going to... And look, I hope for the kid's sake, I really hope for the kid's sake, that he grows up and is a great college football player. I hope that he makes a fantastic career in the NFL. I don't want anything ill will for the kid. So I didn't say anything about the kid. I'm not going to talk about how he can play. I'm not going to talk about how he looks when he plays, wearing two chains. Two chains! You know, but I want to go off on him like Birdman did Drewski on Instagram last night. Did y'all see that? Did y'all see? <laughs> Man, <laughs> put some respect on my name. <laughs> that man, that Birdman was on a different level last night on Drewski. Had that man scared. Then Theo Vaughn joined in and it was. By the way, did y'all know that Theo Vaughn was like from Covington? Theo Vaughn's from Covington. Didn't know that. Not until recently. It's crazy. I'm not here to talk about baby Gronk and his short-ass daddy. We're here to talk about a little bit of football. If you haven't subscribed to the forum, I should highly suggest you do so. AYSSnetwork.com. We have a bunch of write-ups in there. I gave you some uh, pretty much a breakdown of a 7-on-7 that happened between the offense and defense last week. Go in there, check it out. You can go do it for a week for a dollar. It's really fun. Going to mention one thing from that here tonight, though, and why I think LSU is going to go out on a go out on a very fast start week one against Florida State. Well, number one, you kind of have to. You showed last year that you don't have to win this game to win the SUS. Quite honestly, you don't have to beat Florida State to make it to the playoff. The playoff, you really don't. Because if you win your conference games, you're in. And you don't know, Florida State could be a playoff team and you just lost to a playoff team week one. But I do think that there's some pressure, though. 
Last year was there pressure? Yeah, because there was a lot of stuff circling Brian Kelly. You wanted him to get his kind of revenge. You want to say, told you, told you, Scott Woodward made the right decision hiring Brian Kelly. I think you need to get out to this fast start and take down Florida State for one reason and one reason only. You need to, number one, put people on notice. And number two, you got to kind of set this precedent of not losing week one games. I think LSU will be fine. Let's talk about on the field, though. On the field, the reason I think you're going to get off to a fast start is because when I look at this LSU depth chart, right? So, give or take, we kind of know already. Uh, LSU's going to rotate. Like, this isn't going to probably be the outright depth chart week one. But when I look at it, this team has a lot, and I mean a lot, of experience. You got a senior in Kyron Lace. You got three-year guys in Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. I guess you can give the experience to the two true freshmen who played and started or played in damn near every game. Amber Jones just did not play in the Florida State game. But Gary Dellinger's a, a third-year guy. Charles Turner and Marlon Martinez are both seniors. So is your left guard and Miles Frazier. Oh, by the way, you go out and get Mason Lunsford, who's also a senior. Your quarterback is a fifth-year senior. You got two running backs with three or more or, – or three running backs that are technically seniors – I look defensively in Omar Spates, Ovi Agafu, who won the freak of the week, Savion Jones, Makai Wingo, Mason Smith, Major Burns, Greg Brooks, Zai Alexander. I bring this up for one reason. Teams that have immense amount of talent, LSU historically, Alabama historically, Georgia historically, last couple of years, I guess, historically. Ohio State, USC under Pete Carroll. You know what one thing they all had in common when they won a national title? 90% of their starters were three-year guys or more. Did you know that? You know that every year that Nick Saban has won a national title, it's not with a bunch of sophomores and freshmen. It's with a bunch of juniors and seniors. It's crazy how that statistic works out. We talked about with Carter yesterday the offense and defense and our expectations and how good we think this team can be. But the one thing where I look at it and why I think that the week one game against Florida State and why you're going to start off more than likely in what I feel in a good foot and a good spot is because, man, you got so many experienced guys that have been here before that tends to bode well now Florida State has that too they have a lot of older guys on their team quite honestly if you looked in a mirror Florida State and LSU might look very identical very very identical where I think LSU's got the better offensive line Florida State's got the better D-line definitely strength on strength where I think maybe Maybe 
I don't think this plays out this way. To start off, Florida State might Florida State might have the better receiving core or skill weapons with Jaheim Bell and Keon Coleman being added. I think you're better than them at DB. Where I think you're better at them at the linebacker position, I think you're wash at the running back. My point being is, is that when you talk to people around football lobs, you talk to some of these guys and these players that those interviews we're going to put on the forum in the next couple weeks, it's different with these seniors. You know, you just, and I get ripped when I say this, but I, I feel like in all sports, maybe not basketball, maybe not basketball because but even in, you do need some of those glue guys like juniors, sophomores, juniors, and seniors to really win a natty. But especially in football and, and, and football and baseball, you need senior-led dudes. You've got a crap load of talent. You've got a crap load of experience. And you have guys that have been around the block more than once. I think you have a great, really damn good quarterback. I think that what we've seen or heard from him this summer, if if a half of what we heard about Jaden Daniels this summer transitions into what we think he can be, then you're really working with something. Not that you weren't already working with something, along with Garrett Nutzmeyer, who's having a massive, massive summer. He's also a third-year guy. This is his third go-around. He knows what to expect now. I think LSU needs to get off on a fast start. I think they will. So if it's your first time watching AYS, you don't know how we roll, this is about the time we start making picks on games. That's why we're going to talk a little bit about the West night in the SEC. You, even though I think you're even in a lot of spots with Florida State, I think you could go down there and win. Doesn't mean that you, if you don't win, that you can't win a national title. A lot of hype surrounding this team. But I will tell you, I will tell you, if you get – because I don't think Jaden's going to regress. Like, there's no way that he regresses. You lost that game by by a point. A a better Jaden Daniels, a better third down outing by your team, and you're going to take him down. You got to watch out for for Keon Coleman, the kid from Opelousas, kick and play. Jaheim Bell – the All-American tight end, the dude was lining up at, at running back when South Carolina a year ago, before he transferred to Florida State, when they were out there beating Clemson. They have really good talent and weapons. You can take them down. But, man, if you get over that hump against Florida State, do you know how big that is for you from a perception standpoint? From a perception standpoint, you you kind of set everybody on notice because the hype is very real for Florida State as well. I think it's a very good litmus test of where you stand as a team against Florida State than what I feel that maybe you get from an Alabama. Now, I still think Alabama's good enough, and I still think that they're going to doghouse Texas. I really think they're going to get their revenge. But, you know, I, I'm watching Jalen Milrow. We'll talk about them later on. But I'm watching Jalen Milrow against A&M. Are we confident that he can lead lead a team to win the SEC West? I don't know that. I think Jane's better than him. We'll have to wait and see. 
But I really, really do like, and I really do see you progressing to a level that maybe you haven't been in quite a, quite a moment. Like, yeah, 2019 was something different, but like this team has its own kind of feel to it. It's different. It's a different type of feel. You know, you got, guys, you got the Mannings coming out talking about how Jane Daniels is impressing them, throwing the football down the field on where they didn't think that he did a lot of that last year. It's their words. I'm not saying it's mine, but they're talking about how good of a passer he is. They're talking about Garrett Nussmeyer. Like, I get, you would just have to hear them to, to hear like, hey, man, okay, like, what are you seeing that maybe we should be paying more attention to? Not going to say he's Burrow. That that taking opinions getting old at this point. They're two completely different players. Let's call it what it is. Two completely different head coaches and teams. But you have the tools and ability to do something great. Guys, this offensive line is going to be something serious, man. I, I Like, I have that feeling. Like, I have that feeling that this offensive line is going to push some dudes around. Got the best test at their – look – if the best test that they're going to have all year comes in week one, comes in week one outside of playing Georgia, you don't face a better D line. Not the entire year. You're not, you're not going to see it. You're not going to see it. I think you're going to run the ball on them. I think you can run the ball on anybody. Take two, you get another shot at Florida state. All right. I will do this. Let's get to a couple of these comments. Um, I just saw one. Jordan Haydad says, one of the LSU people, Blake, went live opposite of you again last night, and y'all still kicked their ass. Yeah, they, they, they're they going to learn. They're going to learn stop going at 7. By the way, it was like by 4,000 views. Uh, Bart Smokey said, we lost two fumbles or two fumbled punts, excuse me, and had two kicks blocked, doubt those happen again. I completely agree, Bart. Like, that's spot on. It's spot on, and you still only lost by a point. I just think that Florida State, though, I don't think that they make a lot of those same errors. I think LSU was such a massive win for them because they had talent. They have talent now. They have Guys, they are a good team. They're a really damn good team. And so, in the regular season, I don't think I, I don't think you play a more complete team. I think Alabama has more overall talent than them, but I don't know if they're a team yet. Like this is, and look, we're about to talk about this in just a minute, so I don't want to spoil it. But they might be the best team that you play, man. Like I fully, I fully feel that. I felt that I felt good about them last year. Now, they sucked at times and maybe look like an idiot and maybe lose money. Uh, Anthony B. Sain says, ask Blake, what do you think the likelihood of us giving both quarterbacks significant reps each game uh, game day? Um, I don't know. I don't know if BK goes to a two QB, two QB system. I, like, I... I'm just going to be real, man. He might. And look, if he does, 
I think you have two that can do it, but I don't think that he does. Uh, Anthony also says, Blake, how is Mason Smith looking from the injury? Looks okay. You know, I think he's just trying to get back into the swing of things. It's never easy. It's never easy. We'll see how he, he shakes out. American Patriot, what's up, buddy? He says, I think our running game will be the key to us winning week one. It's got to be. It's got to be. And look, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I, I kind of keep holding my putting my hat on. The game was not out of reach for Georgia in the first half. I keep saying this, but that game was not out of reach at halftime. Anything could have happened. You know that. I know that. Kirby was not going to let him do it. They kept running the same things over and over again because they wanted to obviously win. Guys, Jane Daniels had over 200 yards passing in the first half and couldn't run. He was a sitting duck. And he manned up, and, and which he doesn't get the credit for, but he mans up with damn near, uh, you know, hurting his ass off. Then Garrett Nussmeyer comes into the second half and throws for 300 yards. I, again, I'm going to have to be really convinced that you're going to see a better team than that, okay, with a lot of the same players returning. Like, guys, a lot of the same guys that you had last year are here. Right? Like, it's not like you have to find out what you're going to do at right guard. You already know the three options that you have. All three of them are starters and have been starters. You don't really have to know what you're probably and more than likely going to get at receiver. You already know. If they did come out with a two QB system, I don't want to say I'd be shocked, but I think that Brian Kelly would have really saw something in both. I just don't think they're doing that, though. I don't think they're doing that, though. Could be wrong. We'll see. We got camp. We got all camp to talk about that, but I don't. I don't think so. Joey says, I agree. It felt like they aren't talking about our line in the running game going to be strong. Yeah, it's going to be strong. And Jared Verse, who's probably the best edge rusher in next year's draft, you've got to go up against week one. And now you have Emory Jones. Maybe you have Zalance Hurd, but... I lean Emory Jones because, look, you don't want Lance Hurd's first game as a college starter to be against Jared Verse. Like, maybe you rotate him in there. Like, maybe get two series, maybe put him out there. Maybe you're up by seven. See how he does, excuse me? I don't know if he's – I don't know if they're going to throw him out there in, in, in game one because you saw Emory Jones. Like – the only addition that you're going to have that's going to be a new starter is Mason Lunsford, knock on wood, barring injury. So, I don't think that – I think he will rotate and play. I don't think he'll start. I think grambling week two, you'll have a mysterious injury, and then he'll kick over to right tackle. Y'all remember that I said that. Write that down, Zach. Write it down in your Bible so you see it every Sunday so you can remember me when that take happens that we were actually right. I don't know, man. I, I just feel really good about week one. 
Rick says, BK used the two QB system in Music City Bowl to beat LSU, but he prefers to go one guy. I feel like every coach does, and Rick's right. Rick's right. All right, a couple more, then we'll get to a break. I'm going to break down the SEC West. Let's talk about a little bit, little bit about LSU's opponents. Holden Lee says, what running back do you think starts? I don't think that it really matters, Holden, to be honest with you, because I think so many of them are going to rotate in and out of there that it's not going to matter. I, I really don't think it matters. Unless somebody's got a hot hand, which, by the way, it looks like John Emery is back. So, if you hadn't heard that, breaking news, feels like John Emery's back. He's on the roster. He's with the team. There you go. I don't know. But I know you got John Emery, Logan Diggs, Josh Williams, Noah Kane. It's a lot of experience in that room, man. A lot of talent and a lot of experience. Guys, you have four, three seniors and a, a, a third-year junior. And by the way, the best one of them all is a freshman and Caleb Jackson. Dude, that running, <laughs> bro, that running back room's a little sneaky now. It's a little sneaky. Kind of like you playing hide and seek. Boo! Scare your, scare your ass. It's a little scary if you start thinking about it. Is Josh Williams the, is Josh Williams the most, not most, I, what's a good way of saying this? Is he the, does he have the lowest I don't know. What am I? Because I don't want to say, because Josh Williams could be good. Does he have the lowest ceiling of all these running backs? And you know what you're getting in Josh Williams. You know what you're getting in Josh Williams. All right. I want to do this. So we're going to start doing this. I'm going to break down three teams that LSU plays this year. We're going to talk about three teams. We're going to talk about Alabama. We're going to talk about Ole Miss. And who did I say? Oh, Texas A&M. Let's talk about those three teams and how I think LSU starts stacking up with some of them. We do that next. Let's talk about good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Their good friend, Steve Bean. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Or not. Or is our... Okay, hold on. Here we go. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vicnair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino with AYS sent you on by. 
Bayou Daiquiris at Bayou Bowling Go is owned and operated locally by Steve and Lisa Bean. You can find them at 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington, Louisiana. That's 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington. The North Shore's first crawfish drive-thru is about to step it up another notch by bringing you drive-thru daiquiris as well. You can call in your order today at 985-888-1914. 985-888-1914. Cause you know what? Daiquiris and crawfish. It's a Louisiana thing. Go get your crawfish, man. Go get your crawfish. Rick Cloetti says, so Blake, is it safe at this point to assume Emory is out this year and forever now? I mean, this is his senior year, but I mean, he's back on the team. I mean, he's back on the team, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So we talked about week one, right? We talked about week one. And you know what I didn't even mention? Dylan Cruz, the SEC male athlete of the year. The SEC male athlete of the year, Dylan Cruz. Could that man be living a better year? He's the SEC MVP. He is a national champion. He's a Golden Spikes Award winner. He's about to make millions of dollars next week. And he's the SEC's male player of the year. Male athlete of the year, excuse me. Dude, so listen, when we talk about when we talk about all-time greats. You're going to have to put Dylan Cruz in that top seven. Like all-time LSU athletes, national champion, the only two-time SEC MVP, national player of the year, Golden Spikes Award winner, top five draft pick. Man. That kid has more accolades than anybody in LSU baseball. I mean, guys, he just won the the baseball's Heisman. Okay? He just won the baseball Heisman Award. Does anybody deserve it more than he does? Because I don't think so. Okay. Let's break a couple of teams down. Let's go around the SEC. And around the SEC, in reference to some teams that LSU obviously plays, but it's always fun to talk about your opponents, the teams that are going to be really good, the teams that you're going to face off in a couple months. Let's start off with Alabama. If you've watched our clips, if you watch our stuff over at the Rafino and Joe show, we do the national college football stuff. We talk a lot of SEC. But coming from it, in an LSU perspective. I might be the dumbest human being of all time when I say this because anytime that you say that Nick Saban has something to prove, he normally nine times out of ten proves you wrong. Whether you are a fan of another fan base, whether you might be watching this video and you're an Auburn fan and saying to yourself, 
I ain't got to tell give Nick Saban any kind of credit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you do. He's the best college football coach of all time. But for me, though, I really do think that this is the first time since 2007, since 2007, I think Alabama's got to might prove some things this year. Because, look, if Alabama were to go undefeated, which I don't think that they can or will, they would have had to make the right move at quarterback. They'd have to make the right move at offensive coordinator. They would have to make the right moves in some of the gaps that they had along the offensive line. They would have had to place, replace the top 20 pick at running back. They would have to replace an All-American at le- uh, 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 an All-American that was on their offensive line. The, Tyler Steen was probably one of their best transfer poodle guys from Vanderbilt who started left tackle for them last year. They had the number two overall pick in Will Anderson. That means they'd have to hit on a lot of things. The biggest thing, obviously, being at quarterback. Can Jalen Milrow take an, another step? The dude is an outright crazy athlete, man. The dude can run. The dude seriously has Jane level, Jane Daniels type level running ability. Like, quite honestly, I, I feel like when I watch him play, because he doesn't wear any sleeves, he's just out there running with the football in his hands like an old school football player would. I feel like I'm watching Derry McFadden when he's got the ball in his hands. Can he do anything with his arm? That is the biggest question. It always has been. There's no questions you'll ever have about Jalen Milrow being arguably the best athlete in the field every time he steps on there. If he is a starter, you're gonna. I'm just going to tell you now, you're going to have to find a way to contain him or hope that he does like he did against Texas A&M last year and turn the football over, 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 and over again. Because I think he had maybe, what, four turnovers in that game. I think he had two picks, two uh, two fumbles that were lost. I mean, the guy was not did not have a good night in his first overall start. And sometimes you kind of expect that from a guy who just had their first start in college football and just so happened to be against an SEC te- team, even though it's Texas A&M. Do they go with Buckner? Jeez. I, I, Are you going with Tyler Buckner? Swamp Donkey, we have sound. That's on you, buddy. I, I I don't I don't know that. I don't think they have their answer at quarterback. Ty Simpson, who might be the overall most talented of the quarterbacks in that room, doesn't seem like it seems like my man is writing down his notes from the offensive play calling. With crayon. I'm just being truthful. Defensively, they did not get better. Defensively, they did not improve drastically. I'm trying to pull this back up because I always click out of this. Like when I look at Alabama's transfer portal, okay, they were 51st in the country. They got five commits. They got C.J. Uh, Dupree, the tight end. They got Tresman Marshall from Georgia. They got Jalen Key, a safety from UAB, who he's actually kind of good. Trey Amos is a guy that a lot of people were high on, the Raging Cajun DB. 
maybe he can do something. They don't scare me, man. They don't scare me. I I, I don't think if if you look at this from an, an LSU prism, I don't know what, what position group that they're better than you. Now, they might have a lot of really young talent. That young talent, against the experience that you have at LSU, God willing, again, when we talk about these kinds of things, are when you're healthy, they, they're, they're not better than you. They might have more blue chip, uh, more of a blue chip roster. They may have more overall draft picks. Okay, cool. We're talking about this year and this year alone. There's not a lot of true freshmen that's going to step through that door and take over. LSU had three, four, really, last year. And Mason Taylor, the two tackles. You know the other one, Harold Perkins. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. I think Alabama is one of the more intriguing teams this year in college football, whether you like it or not, because you don't know what to expect. Finally, you kind of don't really know what to expect. You start asking yourselves a question, is Nick Saban falling a little bit? It's a very dangerous game to play, though. It's a very dangerous game to play. I don't ever I don't think that I'm gonna ever come out here and say that I think Nick Saban's slipping unless it's like very obvious. Because the man really hasn't slowed down on the recruiting trail at all. I think the moves that he made with his coordinators and when he has to work with a quarterback ultimately is gonna kill him. I know what he's trying to do. He wants to get back to old school football, run the ball. Play good defense. You got a lot of crap you got to replace. And I just don't see Tommy Reese being the dude that leans them to a natty. I cannot see it. I cannot see it. They would have to go defensively. The only way I could see it would be for two reasons. Number one, Jalen Milrow athletically just takes over and doesn't turn over the football. Right, like a running style guy, a guy that's gonna, you're going to run the ball down people's throats, and you play really good defense. That's it, and he takes over. Like maybe he has, he wouldn't have a Cam Newton type year because he's got too many weapons around him. But you get what I'm saying. Like he has a really damn good year. Other than that, I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold on them. We'll see. Flip side. Let's talk a little Ole Miss. Because I don't think Ole Miss is getting talked about enough. Now, let me preface this by saying I don't think Ole Miss can beat you. Defensively, they're not they're not there. They're not ready. If you play your right game, you can demolish them up front. You did it a year ago. They also did not get better defensively. They didn't. 
where they did get better defensively was with Pete Golding, and I think he's a really damn good play caller. Known Pete for a long time. Even in his days when he was winning playoff games at Southeastern Louisiana as the D.C. Duke can coach. Dude's a really good play caller. I'd never seen Pete run the defenses like he was running at Alabama. We all know that that's Nick's system. We all know it. Offensively, they can run the football too. Lane's Look, Lane might do some quirky things. He might do some crazy things. He's the best play caller. Him and Lincoln are the best play callers in college football. I, and quite honestly, I would say that it's Lane because Lane has done it against the best. We've seen him be the play caller against Georgia. We've seen him be the play caller against Saban. We've seen him do it against LSU. The dude can call plays, man. Okay, like <laughs> the dude is unreal when it comes to play calling. Okay, they might be the third best team in the West, and I will give them that. I will give them that. But they don't have enough up front. I don't. Th- they never really do. Ole Miss is the team, and you know this. Ole Miss is the team that has really good skill positions. They're going to have really good running backs. They're going to have good quarterback play. They might have a DB or two. That's Ole Miss, man. It's a tale as old as time. Nothing changes. Think they'll be fine at wide receiver. Think they'll be fine. They're definitely going to be fine at running back. Juckins returns, and that dude's just a menace. Like, I really do think that Judkins is the best back in college football. You're going to have to stop the run. I mean, guys, you did what you did to them. And I, overall, talent-wise, they were better last year, I think, especially defensively. I think Pete masks that with his play calling. I know it's an away game. I know it's never easy for us to win there. Never has been. I mean, other than they're really, really, really bad years. When they had really bad years, we beat the dog crap out of them. We were kneeling on the five-yard line with Zach Mettenberger. Okay, okay. When Ed Orgeron was there, kicked their ass. All right. Oh, and by the way, Walker Howard's not starting. Walker Howard's not starting. It's going to be Spencer Sanders or Jackson Dart, and I think Jackson Dart might ultimately be the guy for them. Maybe they run the two-bit quarterback system that everybody's talking about that they think LSU's going to run. I see your comment. I'll answer it about third best quarterback room. I'll, I'll get to that That's because that's a good topic. Last but not least, let me get to Texas A&M. I feel like a blithering idiot when I say this. I should not say it. I know that they I know that Jimbo sucks. I know that he continues to falter and fall short. I'm just gonna tell you, they got dudes. They have dudes. Do they have the coaching? That's it. That is it. Do they have the coaching? 
No other real question than that. No other real question than that. My computer was. So we have, look, here's my monitor over here. <laughs> my monitor was in my shot. And then we have another monitor right here. Anyway, I saw it in the screen. I don't think they, I think that they have the second best talent in the, I, well, maybe not, I shouldn't say that. I think Connor Wegman's going to be okay. I, I'll agree with Carter. Their receivers and tight end room is okay. The offensive line will be okay. Defensive line is going to be something serious, man. They, they got dudes, man. All right. Let me see what else we got here before we, we, we roll out. Oh, baseball recap. So, look, Chris Cortez is a guy uh, take, uh, from Texas A&M. He went to the portal today, a right-handed uh, reliever. Fastball's up to 98-99 on a consistent level. Obviously, his pitching coach, Nate Yeski, is now at LSU, at Jay Johnson. It's going to be interesting to see if that kid follows Nate Yeski. Um, anytime a kid can throw 99 miles an hour, I kind of want him. If a guy can throw 99 miles an hour consistently, and that's where he sits, 98, 99, I want him. I know that he had a seven ERA. I know that he got rocked around a little bit. I think you can fix those things. There's not a lot of human beings on planet earth that throw a 99 mile an hour fastball. We talked about Holman last night. Let's get to a couple of these comments because we were running a little bit late. Um, American Patriots said, Josh Pate said that LSU had the third best quarterback room. He said, Texas is better than the LSU quarterback room. Look, I think that Josh Pate is the commissioner. I'll give him that title. The commissioner of college football. I agree with a lot of things that he says. Like a lot of things that he says. I'm not going to agree with him, though, that Texas has an overall better quarterback room than LSU. Strictly for one reason. I told you at games that I saw Arch play, I did not think that Arch was ready, and he's not. He's not going to be ready this year. I don't care how many abs he wants to try to show in a picture. He's not ready. Talent? It depends on what you call, like, are you talking about this year's talent or overall talent? If it's overall a potential talent, then yes. When I hear the best QB room, personally, I think either one of these guys could lead you to something special. I think that if Jane, I think Jane Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, both of them could lead you to the SEC West title. I think that they could win the West for you. I mean, guys, again, they threw for 500 yards against Georgia, somewhat giving the blueprint to Ohio State and C.J. Stroud how to attack the Georgia secondary. USC, well, they have a freshman behind Caleb Williams, but Caleb Williams holds a lot of weight. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. What's Caleb Williams if they go down? No, they got a five-star freshman. The dude's never thrown a college pass. 
I know about what you have at Tennessee. Their five-star freshman has never thrown a pass. Garrett Nussmeyer's thrown for 300 yards against Georgia and a half. Just saying. And I agree with Josh Pate. It doesn't matter what Josh Pate thinks. Yeah, he got me the last time he was on the show. My man got me. Uh, Paul Martin though, says A&M is not good on the road. 0-4 last year. That's true. They got trips to Miami, Knoxville, Oxford, and Death Valley. It will be tougher slate this season. Yeah. I still think they're beating Miami, though. I still think they're beating Miami. Real Ed Orsron, your coach O, says nothing hurts Bama. There is no kryptonite. Nothing hurts. Uh, yes, there is. It's yes, there is. Do you know what beats Bama? Do you know what the only you know what the kryptonite is to beating Alabama? Fantastic quarterback play. Fantastic quarterback play is Nick Saban's biggest kryptonite. You know who else's kryptonite it is? Everyone else on planet Earth. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all Saturday morning. Y'all have a good night. Go kiss you. Go kiss your wives. Go kiss your husbands. Go love on your family. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.